Yo, what up, criminals? We're back with another podcast episode, and this one we're coming with some heat, some real stuff, uh, sensitive topics, sensitive subjects, but real things that everyone deals with in some way, somehow. In this episode, I was lucky enough to meet up with the mother of a longtime friend of mine, Nancy Windmill. She ended up starting a family outreach called Simply Hope, and I I, I don't want to go too into detail because what Simply Hope is and what it has to offer, you will hear directly from Nancy in the podcast episode. So basically, this intro, I'm just going to tell you that we get it. It's deep. It's real. It's a different type of interview. It's not music related, but I think this was an interview that needed to happen mainly because I've known Nancy for the majority of my life and I love what she has created and started and what she like aims to do with this and wants to do with it. I think it's coming from such a pure a pure heart and experience and I this this just needs to be shared it needs to be spread out everywhere uh it for the locals for people who aren't a local who aren't locals I I mean I don't I don't really know uh what more to say other than buckle up for a real episode with real subjects sensitive subjects topics but stuff that's needed to be talked about said and just know that someone's always there for you regardless if you know them or not so shout out nancy and what she has started here and what she's done nancy i'm rooting for you 100 percent you know because it all started because i had a son who broke his back playing soccer Mm -hmm. and then he started out with pain pills then in high school and then he ended up getting in two car accidents back to back yeah and he had more injuries and stuff and i think he was your typical teen growing up just thought dabbling here and there with a little bit of alcohol or a little bit of pot or whatever yeah and and he never did have a problem but then opiates came into play and it was a total game changer yeah different story mhm i see but simply hope Let's see if you if you were to explain it, just say in a quick sentence how what would you explain it as? Well, you have to understand, I was fighting God a lot on starting this group mm-hmm. because I didn't want to put myself out there. I was I wanted to keep it private. Yeah. And not divulge like personal stuff to people, but I just kept feeling this. <laughs> And there you go. Yeah. Let me put him out of the garage. Hmm. Okay. Simply hope. One day I was literally sitting there and the word hope 
just kept coming to my mind. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the word, you just have to simply hope. (laughs) It just like seemed to fit. Yeah. And so I just, this all originally started as I was working at Burley High School. And when I found out my son had an opiate addiction, I didn't know what to do. I was really devastated and and embarrassed because you are as a parent. You feel bad. Like, how did you feel? And I was sitting there talking to a secretary that I was friends with. And all of a sudden she started opening up to me. Mm-hmm. And we found out that we both had this in common, that our sons were drug users and yeah. that they had these addiction issues. So... She said, where can we go for help? And I said, there's nowhere. I literally checked our whole area. Really? And there was nothing. No. We, I went to an Al-Anon meeting, and I think people just had stopped participating. There wasn't anybody really there. Mm-hmm. I, there wasn't, no one showed up one of the weeks I went. And so I just felt this really strong feeling that I just had to start something, to do something to help other families like myself. Yeah, of course. Find help and find mm-hmm. answers and find resources, anything. Yeah. And so we were talking and I said, what if we start our own support group? And she thought it was a great idea. Well, then a week before we were going to start it, she backed out. Oh, really? <laughs> she got scared. And because it is, it's hard to put yourself out there. Oh, yeah. So Especially in, in this like type of demographic. And well, I feel I feel like yeah. even in our... Uh, in our town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting, too, because what I came to find out is people are all broken. All people are broken. I don't oh, care yeah. who you are mm-hmm. or what family you come from. Everybody has broken pieces. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that people gossip and are mean as much as we think that they are in our own heads because yeah, of that's that fair. fear yeah, yeah. that we have. Because I really feel like... For the most part, people are so caught up in their own pain. Oh, yeah, that they're not really mm-hmm. worrying or even thinking about someone else's story mm-hmm. or even their doings because mm-hmm. they're dealing with their own demons and battles. And Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of how it all originally started. I just put a post out on Facebook and said, if I started a support group for families that are coping with addiction, would anybody come? Mm-hmm. And literally my private messenger within 60 seconds mm-hmm. started getting all these notifications. I was kind of freaking out. I was really overwhelmed. And so Celeste Hawks, um, who owns Upside Down Tumbling, I put a post out there, I need a place to meet. She had an extra building at the time. She goes, come meet there. And um, the first meeting, 16 people showed up. So That's awesome. That tells you how many people were hurting. Yeah. And and at the same time also willing to to give that a chance cuz I bet that also hit some people where like they read it but they were also embarrassed to like even want to go. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I'm sure the number was way greater than that too. Yeah. Well, it it grew and grew. Mm-hmm. And and there were times it was very overwhelming. We I I think the biggest meeting we've ever had is 32 people. Really? And we had to in do a talking stick at one point because people were just so full of emotion, like Uh so much pain and frustration and hurt. And so 
we had to get a talking stick where people had to pass it. You couldn't talk <laughs> yeah. if you didn't have it because uh, people were talking over it. And it was really overwhelming. overwhelming. Especially if you did it all alone to start out with, Yeah, which it sounds like you did. I didn't know anything. And luckily, my friend joined the next week. Okay. <laughs> she came and joined forces. And my husband was really against it. He really didn't want me to start it. Mm. And even my daughter, I remember she was really young at the time, about... You know, it's been going six years, so she's probably about 13. And she said, Mom, I don't want you helping other people. Yeah. <laughs> but she meant because I'd be gone all the time, she felt like. That's and fair. So it was just a big step for our whole family. I went to my one son who this kind of all started because of, and I just said, look, this is what I want to do. And he goes, I think you should, Mom. Mm-hmm. He goes, I think you should help people. So. And do what you can and offer your services. Yeah. That's we should really tell nice. people that my dog's crying in the background and it's not somebody being tortured. <laughs> it's not someone. <laughs> no, I thought, that's fine. I, I don't know if you'll even be able to hear it. But six years ago. Mm-hmm, this January. Was a six-year anniversary? Yeah. That's when it started. How long do you think you actually had the idea before you actually created the family outreach? Um, A couple of months. Yeah. So I, I tossed it around. I really fought God. Big time. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of arguments. Told him I didn't want to do this. And I just, it was one of those feelings that just would never go away. And I finally had to do, act on it. Because, you know, yeah. I'm, I don't want to answer for not doing what you feel like you're being asked to do mm-hmm. to help other people. Yeah. And now it's really humbling because there's been so many people that have come through that... I know that we have helped, yeah. and it's become such a great community of support and love. And I just call us pretty much a Simply Hope family. Mm-hmm. So, and we um, have had people there, of course, that have had children as addicts, but we've also had people there that are children of addicts mm-hmm. as adults. And then we've had um, people come through that have spouses that have addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And then what really started to develop is we started having people come who have lost children and people um, from addiction. And the main thing is suicide. And so because of that element, um, I felt like we had to add another group. And so that's how come we started the grief group. So Healing Grieving Hearts started... Um, just this last year. Okay. And right now I, we're working with currently, I think it's a total of five families who have lost um, children to suicide in our area alone. And that has been really humbling. Yeah. And it's, you know, not not every one of them is addiction related, but the majority are. Mm-hmm. And so it's been, it's been pretty Awesome and sad, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. But still trying to reach out and help everyone that you can in any way. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, addiction-related, but still offering help mm-hmm. to those. It was awesome. And you mentioned that you started another group that I'm kind sorry. of branches off. It's okay. That branches off. Um, how many groups would you say you've created in total? 
apart from like say the Simply Hope and so Simply Hope is every Monday night. Um, that was the original. I call it the mothership. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so it and it has been for six years. Then the first branch off we had would be the well, they all kind of happened at once. I knew we needed a recovery group because what happens is is we have also people who are in recovery or seeking recovery okay. come to Simply Hope mm-hmm. looking for help. And after I went back to school and got my degree as a drug and alcohol counselor, I realized how important support groups also are for people that are seeking recovery. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like we needed to be able to offer a little different kind of support. A little so, more. Yeah, and I don't follow the NAAA format. Um, it's really scripted, and I think it's great, and I know it works. It wouldn't have been around for the so 50 years mm-hmm. or 80 years it's been in you know, service to people. But I, I felt like we had kind of captured something with the format of Simply Hope, and I wanted to kind of transition that over to a recovery group also. Mm-hmm. And so they've been going strong since the first of the year, even though COVID hit and has yeah. caused us to shut things down for a while and do certain protocol and made it slower to build. And then the grief, healing, grieving hearts, um, my facilitator for that, she has lost her first husband in a accident scouting over rafting mm-hmm. and he drowned. And then she remarried and then her second husband passed away from a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And then she also lost her mother and some other things in her life. And so I just, I've known this um, person for a really long time. Her name mm-hmm. is Cindy. And I just kept feeling a really strong feeling that she needed to be the one that would facilitate the grief group because I felt like, you know, when people lose someone to suicide, that's a shock and a surprise. Well, losing her husband the way she did her first one in a drowning accident on a church activity was a real shock and surprise. So I felt like she could have that element of, you know, understanding what it's like to be, Mm -hmm. you know, so shocked by someone's loss. And then also death with illness is something that's different also and difficult Mm -hmm. to go through. And she had also experienced that. So I felt like she could really offer people, you know, and... From different perspectives as well, too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I see. And that's why I picked her. And then Mm -hmm. my my facilitator for my recovery group has been in recovery for 19 years now. And she's... Her name's Roxy, and she's hilarious and awesome and really motivational Mm -hmm. and really direct, and so that's why that started. Then um, after working at Burley High School, I got to know the drama teacher there really well. He and I became super good friends, and he has a lot of talents. And he had been um, touched with severe grief when he was 15. His brother, his twin, died. And so wow. he went through a real hard time as a teenager grieving. Yeah, at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. And so he is an artist because his mom took him to art therapy and art classes. And so he and I were talking one day and we just decided let's do art therapy. And Mm -hmm. so we offer it for like 20 bucks, which is so cheap because you get your canvas and all the painting and all the materials, all the materials, all the everything. And people have really loved that. It's, you don't have to know a thing about art. You don't even have to be talented because it's just all painting with emotion. And so, mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. And so it turns out fabulous no matter what you do because it's just he has you mixing colors and thinking about things. And and it's been really interesting um, to watch people's paintings come out. And mm-hmm. everybody has really liked that. So we're actually getting ready to have a teen 
when on the 6th of November, um, 14 and up can come with a parent for 25 bucks. So mm. I'm basically giving the kid the free, you know, yeah. canvas yeah. so that they can come and do that. And I've had parents ask me if I'm going to start a teen group um, because we've had so many suicides. Mm-hmm. And so this January, we're looking at um, starting a teen support group where they can come and it will be a sh- offshoot of the Simply Hope group where they'll learn you know, different kind of skills for coping mm-hmm. and also a safe place to talk about feelings and yeah, things like that. Of course. And also having like, say, Simply Hope kind of as a home to express those feelings because mm-hmm. sometimes like the type of life that they're living, they don't seem like they can really just express it to anyone or anywhere they want to. So it's nice that like having a home like Simply Hope where it is like like a free zone to express what they feel and how their experiences have affected them. Mm-hmm. Like that's really nice that that you created this. And that was the whole point of like, you know, wanting to do this interview was because I think what you've created here is awesome. It's helpful and it's caring. And oh, thank you, Chris. Yeah, of course. And it's really cool because I feel like, like you mentioned earlier, how everyone is more or less, you know, broken, broken or hurting in their own way. And whether it be like similar to how another person is hurting, like the feelings and how they're feeling like is the same. Mm-hmm. So having a place to like where they can be free, like a judgment-free zone, mm-hmm. is it's really nice. And especially in this community, like like you said, like you checked around here and there was nothing. Mm-mm. So to take the the drive and act upon that to create it, like that's awesome. Thanks. It's been a interesting journey. I'll tell you what I and but I have met some of the most fabulous people. And the thing is, is they're from all walks of life mm-hmm. and they're from all cultures and you know everybody feels pain that's mm-hmm. something that we all have in common no matter who we love or how we love or what religion we are or mm-hmm. what race we are it's we all feel pain. pain and i it's just been there's been so many people that have come in that yeah i might not have ever been just friends with them you know before and mm-hmm. now there's such special people in my life and I trust them immensely because mm-hmm. you're coming in and being so vulnerable that to have that element of trust is scary because we've all been hurt. Oh yeah. And you know, people don't understand addiction, people don't understand suicide, people don't understand women who've been in really severe abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. They're scared. They don't know what to say. Yeah. And this gives people a place to go that it's safe and everybody's welcome. And you can just feel, I, I'd i love for you to come to a meeting one night just so yeah, you I'd could to, feel yeah. the feelings that are there mm-hmm. because it's just so incredible. And, and the atmosphere created. Mm-hmm. And it's also nice um, that the the, what was the word you used for for the other people running the groups? Was it felicit- facilitator? Facilitator. Mm-hmm. Um, they they all have like experience in the field or the group specific group that they're helping in, mm-hmm. and I think that alone also attracts more people 
because they know like where they're going, like they they've experienced it like firsthand. Mm-hmm. It's not just someone coming in um, with a big college degree. Yeah, exactly. Telling you how exactly. to think or feel. It's yeah. actually coming from experience. Mm-hmm. So I bet that alone opens more doors for more people. Mm-hmm. I hope so. That's the goal. I it's it's I'm not gonna lie. It's been rough with this mm-hmm. COVID stuff because we were really rocking and rolling January, February, yeah. and then um, March hit, and the rumors were all going around about COVID, and then wham, April. It yeah. just like April may hit hard. Yeah, and then you know with the uptake in the cases in our area, Troy and I actually just had it and got over it. So really, yeah. So we were That's really crazy. sick, but you know I want people to know too that I know people are getting really sick and dying from it, but there also are a lot of people who are doing really well and and healing from it mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't. One thing I've learned is fear is a huge factor for people. Oh, oh yeah. And fear keeps us from doing things in life. Uh-huh. And it also can make us sick. Oh yeah, definitely. Mentally mm. and physically. So Yeah, cuz my my mom had it too mm-hmm. a few weeks back and she I think she got tested on a Friday and she didn't get her results back to like Wednesday. Yeah. But her worst days were like Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Mm-hmm. And and she got over it just fine. Yeah. Completely. But I do think if her results would have came back earlier when she was in like the midst of it, I think it definitely would have lasted longer. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think fear ha- has a lot to do with your mind mm-hmm. because I think that your mind alone can it, – it's it's – so powerful mm-hmm. that you can, like, like I said, she she kind of just skipped to. It, it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. It could have been way worse. So I'm glad that she got her results back later. But yeah, the mind is, I think, too powerful, and sometimes you don't know how to deal with it, mm-hmm. and they can push you and test you. And create situations in your head. Mm-hmm. Mental that, health. It's yeah. like, it's so important. And people think that that word is scary. Like mm-hmm. they fear that word. They think it's something's really wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And that's such a stigma. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not, we all have mental health issues and everybody should be taking mental health days. We all need time to regroup, to mm-hmm. decompress, to, you know, and address things that are bothering us. And that doesn't mean you're weak or mm-hmm. anything. It just means you're human. Yeah, of course. And if you just look at it more from a perspective of everyone's broken, then you can keep yourself from feeling so much fear and so alone. And yeah. I think that that's what happens with a lot of people. And this COVID, unfortunately, has really, everything we tell people in addiction not to do, mm-hmm. they're telling us to do yeah. in COVID. Isolate, you know, stay, do, home, stay, stay home, stay inside. Yeah, be scared. I mean, yeah. you know, all those things. And and in addiction world and recovery world, that's like the voodoo of all of it. And mm-hmm. and it's sad. I mean, even my person that is my facilitator for my recovery group, she said to us back in April, she's a hugger and and a and a touching person mm-hmm. and. It's that's part of her healing and not being able to hug people and to oh, connect yeah. with people. She said to me, she goes, I, for the first time in like 17 years, am struggling 
And really? oh, my heart just broke because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's when I really went, this is really wreaking havoc on the mental health of so many people. Yeah. And that's scary. And, and you see it in our community. We've had so many suicides and, and, you know, you don't even know if an overdose death or, or something like that is a suicide on purpose mm-hmm. or, or what. And people have to take into account, you know, we have to check on our neighbors and we have to check on people that we haven't heard from for a while or, yeah. and check on each other. And that's what Simply Hope is. It's a community of people that we all check on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know how each other are doing and what's going on and what people are dealing with and everything's confidential. I mean, and you know, I've, I've not had a problem with that. And I've always said, if I ever found out that things were being said outside the group, you know, that we would ask people to be removed from the group because people have already been hurt enough. They don't need to be hurt at a place they thought was safe. So we're really protective of each other and what each other is talking about and going through. And that's been great. And I've, Mm -hmm. and it is safe. So that's awesome. You know, I think that part of the key to this story is when we had the opiate um, issue with our son and all of that was going on. And as parents, we just didn't understand. Um, I mean, it wasn't the crisis like it is now. People, Mm -hmm. people actually know what it is, but six years ago, people didn't know. And so we sent our son away to California to a treatment facility and we said, get well. (laughs) <laughs> and we thought, yeah. you know, they're going to fix him. They've got him. So 28 days later, you know, we get him back and and we thought everything was great. Well, we didn't know this, but m- most people when they get out of recovery, especially if it's been a f- short period of time, yeah. and especially on over- opiates, will overdose. And, you know, we were at the fair and things we thought were great. And we get a phone call and said, come home now. Something's wrong. Yeah. And we went running home and he had overdosed because the doctor had turned around even knowing that he had already been to a rehab Mm -hmm. and re-prescribed all those medications to him again. And his body was clean. And people don't recognize that when your body's clean from opioids, if you, but your brain tells you, you should take what you used to take. So if you were taking eight a day and, but you haven't taken any for 28 days and you go take those eight, you're going to overdose. And he overdosed and, ended up, you know, in ICU and it was really scary and we didn't think the ambulance people were going to be able to bring him back and they didn't think so either. We had EMTs standing with us in the ER and they shut the curtain. It was just like a TV movie. It was so scary and I have never felt so alone in my whole life. And that was the moment, Chris, not to get emotional, but that was when I went, I have to help other people because I don't want anybody else to feel alone and to feel like they have no one to turn to and don't mm. know what to do. And that's where my husband and I were. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know what to do. It almost tore us apart. My brother's a professional therapist. He's been the professional therapist for 40 years. If we wouldn't have had him in our family and in our life to contact I don't know if we could have made it through it. And I realized how this tears families apart. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to help bring families together and to save marriages and to save relationships with children and, you know, save friendships and things that are people going through. And I didn't want people to feel alone. So 
I guess that's, you know, going back to the very beginning, how did it become Simply Hope? It just, I think, I just felt like you just have to simply not lose your hope Mm -hmm. and keep moving forward. And that's how it evolved is from that moment. So it's a great place. And we have sound therapy. Do you know what that is? No, you'd have to explain that to me. So sound therapy is on the first and third Tuesdays of the month. You do have to sign up because I have limited space that yeah. I can put people. But yeah. um, it's this lady who has these really amazing copper bowls of all different sizes that are hand pa- pounded out I kind of thing. I think I may have seen a video or two. Like yeah. Something like that. You should come try it because guys love it. It's so weird how much men like it. And I think mm-hmm. men, because you guys work like hard jobs, real physical stuff, don't often really know what it means to relax. Yeah. And so. They think, they think just laying down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I And so this that. is a whole different kind of an element. So it's been a great therapy too. So we're trying to do all sorts of things. So Monday nights, Simply Hope, every Monday at 7 then the first and third Tuesdays is um, the sound therapy at seven. We do it late because a lot of people are so relaxed afterwards. We want them to be able to go home and go to bed. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you're usually done by eight o'clock. And then Wednesdays, um, we just finished the five love languages, which is kind of a marriage support group. And we just are going to offer different forms of it for teens and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the year. Then Thursdays is the hopeful recovery. And then the first Friday of every month is the um, art therapy. And then the second and fourth Tuesdays is the healing grieving hearts group at seven. So, and then there's a divorce group on the third Sunday at five every month for people who have gone through some really difficult divorces that just need that encouragement Mm -hmm. and you know, kind of get their feet back underneath them and feel like they can move on in their life. And that kind of evolved too from the Monday night group because we started seeing some people that didn't necessarily have addicts like that in their life, but Mm -hmm. they had narcissistic relationships or things like that. So we just kept seeing needs and we just kept trying to plug in groups and support. Yeah, that's nice though that you're trying to do kind of give everyone their own safe space like mm-hmm. cuz like you like you just said those um the people who have gone through those types of relationships you saw them on a monday night that was more or less along the lines of like addiction almost maybe fell out of place mm-hmm. to but to give them like their own home little their own night their own group like it's nice that you're like branching out and giving it's, it sounds like you're trying to help everyone in the way that they're hurt mm-hmm. and it's it's cool that you just you keep seeing opportunities to help and so you're acting upon them and creating the, those groups yeah trying <laughs> trying but i mean in the end like all you can really do is try yeah so and just simply hope that it's yeah, simply you, hope it works out yeah right <laughs> yep but that's awesome do you have like a website or is it just social media my dog is eating so loud in the background. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you all right? um, yes, we do. Um, you can find us. We just set up a website and it's simplyhope.org, I believe, or .com. I'm not very good with it. We just barely got it finished. Mm. And so it 
I'm pretty sure it's .com because it was pretty common. So you can Google us. We have a Facebook page that I try to keep up with all the time, constantly posting. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend in Florida who, when I posted the Thursday night group, because I do it religiously, he wrote right on time yeah. <laughs> and stuff. So I try to do a lot on Facebook. I have just started an Instagram page. Okay, I'm not cool. as familiar mm -hmm. with that. And so I'm, I'm not totally great with social media, yeah. but we're trying. Yeah, if you need and like help with any of those, like I'd be more than willing to help in any way that I can. But the reason I was asking is just to kind of have a place for people to look up groups. Like I'm sure like on the website or mm -hmm. even like the Facebook group, they can find like a calendar of what yep. what's offered. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to plug all of those. Although any the website, any um, social media page, like I'll plug them all and then the listeners will be able to find the links in the description to this to this episode. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, of course. And I'm pretty sure it's simplyhope.com. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'll, I'll do I'll do research and I'll look it up. Like and I'll, I'll plug anything and everything I can. Yeah, I appreciate that because we just want to get the word out. We are moving. Um, we've been right above Liberty, Liberty Tax in a little cubbyhole, which was a great start. But um, thanks to the Lynch Foundation and stuff, we're and Dot Foods, who've been our main contributors and That's stuff. Awesome. They we're moving over to a little bigger space that doesn't have all the stairs. I have one lady who she's on a cane and. She loves art therapy, and she goes, if I didn't love art therapy so much, I don't think I'd brave these stairs, and I about died because I watched her go down them, and I thought, oh, my word, I don't want anyone to get hurt yeah. coming to a group. So it's more, you know, user-friendly. So anybody of any ability can walk through the door yeah. without the death flight <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to that's go fair. down. So we are moving over to 1100 Overland. So Walt's locksmith is kind of over in there and a, okay. a church. I can, I can also set, set like a um, a pin in maps, in Google Maps Great. of where that's at. And then I'll try and link that up as well. And I have a phone number that's hooked to my phone. So it's 208-269-2075. And okay, cool. you I'll, can text me, people can call me. I, and I know it's strictly my Simply Hope line when yeah. it rings in. Yeah, I'll definitely put that as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but that's that's awesome that that you created this, and trying to help everyone and anyone you can. Well, thank you. I just appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast because I'm trying to figure out ways that I can spread the word, and yeah, I still yeah. can't believe people don't know. I mean, you know, but you know, you just yeah, don't. Yeah, of course. So, but yeah, even. Like I said, even reaching one person oh yeah, Just is, one. is awesome. So yeah, that's a big reason I wanted to to have an episode with you was because I didn't really know about it till maybe like a year ago. Mm -hmm. But you said you've, you started it like six years ago. Um, so that's why I wanted to help out in the way I can and the, the small amount of platforms that I have. I wanted to sp I want to spread them out on there and and I mean like I said just um reach people reach more people reach 
more of an audience to to let them know that like there is help and it's uh there's a word i'm looking for like authentic help it's real help coming from uh like you mentioned earlier it's not like a coming from a big college degree type Mm-mm. help it's coming from experience and just real it's coming from a real place right so yeah i did get my degree in addiction studies but i <laughs> i could go to school for 20 years and mm-hmm. probably not you know learn everything that i need to know to help people but you know what thank goodness we have dr google and <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so many resources because there's yeah. so many beautiful things out there too on the internet that i can bring in and offer to people to help we have a lot of discussions and it's like you said it's it's not that we anybody in there has a phd or anything like that but that life experience and mm-hmm. inevitably it's somebody will be sitting there and they will say the right thing to um another person mm-hmm. and just recently we had a mom and dad come that had just lost their adult son to suicide and they were just so broken. Mm-hmm. And um, this other man who'd been so quiet and there for like a couple months and, and coming with his wife and we didn't really know his story. Well, all of a sudden it comes out that a year ago he had lost his son and his son was severely handicapped and had just passed away in his sleep. And those mm-hmm. two men were instantly bonded. And, mm-hmm. it, and it was so neat to watch the two of them help each other. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of support there is. It's that real empathy, that real genuine. Could like connection on that type of level that can create like a relationship that mm-hmm. like probably without, without like that mentioning that relationship wouldn't like have existed. Right. So, and, and it wouldn't, I mean, and this is the miracle of this whole thing is that these people, everybody has different backgrounds. Like I said, when you're in this group of people and sitting around, everyone's so different from so many different occupations. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's no purpose for us to all be hanging out really. I mean, and yet we've all found each other and, and connected. And, and over the years, you know, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown. And and we don't, every week, not everyone can come. And so often we average about 12 to 16 people. And it's a different kind of looking group every week. You could come one week and mm-hmm. and then the next week you'd come again and go, hey, where were those other yeah. <laughs> people? Um, because people have lives and stuff, of but course. they come back and, and they, you know, and then they go and come back and and. I can't tell you. I I wanted to figure it up one day, um, but I have to tell you a short little story, can I? Yeah, go for it. I was at the Burley Farmer's Market, and I was standing in line for something, um, and I kept looking at this lady, and I kept thinking, I know this lady from somewhere. I don't know how I know her. And then she started staring back at me, and then I was like going, okay, this is awkward. Mm -hmm. And so she all of a sudden came and walked up to me, and she goes, you have that support group, huh? And I just said, yeah. And she just goes, do you remember me? And I go, well, I think so. I go, because we used to hold it over at CSI. Okay. And um, she she goes, I came over to CSI and I was there two weeks in a row. And she goes, because of your group, I had the strength to leave my 
alcoholic and abusive husband. And she turns around, she goes, this is my new husband. I met the love of my life and my daughter's doing so well. I'm actually in contact with my ex. I try to help him. I've tried to help him with recovery. We're still friends, but you know, I, I couldn't stay in that relationship anymore. And she goes, I will always be so thankful that your group of people just validated me and just gave me strength and courage to do what I needed to do, but I didn't have the strength to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. And I came home, I was like walking on cloud nine. It's like you said, if we can reach one person, I mean, to me, I was like, you know, I, I, to have somebody validate and go, there's your one person. It Mm -hmm. was like really uplifting. And I was so glad that she was so happy. And I was so glad that she was still in contact with that person in her life. Yeah, trying to help. And trying to do what she could, but realized she had to have that boundary mm-hmm. that it wasn't healthy for her and it wasn't a good environment for her daughter. But to not, we don't have to hate and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to turn our backs on people and, and do mean things and, and stuff. But she did the right thing. She set those boundaries. She removed herself from an unhealthy situation. And by doing so, you know, they're all doing better. So it was good. It was, it's things like that that keep me excited. Yeah, keep you going, keep mm-hmm. you motivated. Yep. That's awesome. That's good to hear. But it's getting late, and I don't want to take up any more of your time. Well, but, it's been fun to talk to you, Chris. Yeah, I, I haven't talked since to I've you known in, you since you were like eight. Yeah, right, <laughs> like fifteen years. And I think that's that's a big reason why I want to help in any way that I can is like because I, I like I've known you for more than half of my life, so to see you like, create something like this, it, it's nice. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, because it's coming from just like genuine and authentic place to see you. Just help, well, especially in a, in a world like right now. So, yeah, it's a crazy world. Yeah, definitely. But thank you for joining me on this podcast. Well, thank and, you for having me. Yeah, of course. And I, like I said, I'll plug all those, all those websites, those social medias, like the number, um, the new location. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get a list from you and see what you want me to add in. But yeah, I at the end of every episode, I like to have like the the guest say one like message that they want to leave the audience with what would be the message that you want to leave i to not ever give up hoping that you know and it's okay to be vulnerable (laughs) that you know there's more people like you than you think you're not alone Mm -hmm. you don't have to feel alone and you should never, ever give up hope because everybody is important and everybody has a place. So come find it with us. Well, there you go, criminals. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> for <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining in on my podcast. Well, thank you, Chris. And it was good catching up with you. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs>